yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. If you were to go around town today to various uh, various businesses, uh, really of all kind of large, small, in-between, you know, delivery services, retail locations, things like that, usually the gal at the front desk has the big, huge desk calendar and... Uh, is marking off the days uh, with an X, you know, pink or green or, you know, light blue, lavender, something along those lines. The more creative ones have a different color for each month. Okay. Okay. So just uh, do that as a as a casual observation. Um, another casual observation <clears throat> from yesterday, the uh, Rangers and the Astros, um, with regard to the... Uh, to the fine broadcasts uh, of both. I really, really enjoyed uh, Eric Nadell yesterday as I was driving around town in the rain. He was, uh, it was vintage stuff, just the very casual, relaxed um, trivia, you know, kind of intermingled in, you know, amongst the guys. Um, You know, they had a trivia question about only two teams, and I don't know all, I can't remember all the players, but only two teams had uh, three guys that were 2020 guys, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. And so they were teasing that and guessing on the 88 Mets and the 2009 Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. And so I was like, I was playing along and, uh, and I only got one, one of them right. But um, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, that's, that's to me part of there's two aspects of a baseball broadcast I think that I really enjoy. One is the compelling sit on the edge of your seat, you know, three two game, five four game, whatever, you know, where you know the game means something, uh, you know, pennant race time or you know, conference race time, or you know, you get into the NCAA tournament or you get into the you know, postseason play, whatever, wild card games, especially especially day games too, where you're kind of in and out of the broadcast. And then the other aspect is, you know, on when a team is playing and they're they're way out of it and it just becomes a conversation of two or three guys just sitting there talking and the ball game's going on. I just find that incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, sometimes you gotta switch modes because in a game that's meaningless or a game that's a blowout you can't try to act like um, you're dialed into every pitch and that's what people want to hear. Yeah. You know, or it's just, I mean, you can do it a little bit in other sports, but I guess it's a little bit different with all the downtime of baseball. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, and Nadell's, I mean, he's a pro at giving you both. He is, right. He's able to, he's able to do both. Like, if there's a no-hitter going on, he's there's no silly business. Um, but if there's, if it's a, you know, here we are now in the month of September. He'll there'll be a lot of um, <clears throat> background stories about this player, this player, or even and even guys coming up. I mean, he has he has the ability to shift gears from you know old ballparks or old players or things along those lines. And I think for the Mets, it was Kevin Elster, Howard Johnson, and Daryl Strawberry. And for the '88 Mets, I'd guessed Lenny Dykstra, Mookie Wilson, and Daryl Strawberry. And Nadell, I think, guessed, he guessed Hojo, Strawberry, and then he had Mookie Wilson, too. So I felt like, oh, that's, 
I'm feeling pretty good if I'm at least got two of the same names that Nadell got. Sure. But he was sure. he was he was wrong. Uh, but anyway, that was that was one aspect. The other aspect, and this is really directed to Astro fans, and you guys can give your opinions as well. But I was listening to the Astro broadcast at the very beginning, and they had a highlight from when they won the World Series. And I was just thinking, okay, with what we know about that team and with what we know about what transpired, and I'm not saying that the Astros were the first team in the history of ever to cheat at winning a World Series. Um, They were the first ones to get caught and be absolutely blatant about it uh, with what they did and stealing signs and the trash cans and the the whole thing. But I was just I was just wondering if you're an Astros fan and every time you hear that, does it make you happy? Does it make you mad? Does it make you indifferent? Does it make you like somewhat embarrassed? Like, God, I wish they wouldn't play that. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't play the highlight of them winning the World Series. Oh no. I think if you're an Astros fan, you you forget all that stuff. That that's not clouding your memory. Okay. Yeah. I, I, of memories of that. No, I think you you dial in. You're you're 100% supporting of your team. You might you might have a little bit in the back of your mind. Eh, hate that we got it that way, or um, can't wait for us to win a, another one uh-huh. to kind of shut everybody up or right. whatever. But at the same time, I don't think you're embarrassed by that. I, I don't. I just don't. I think you just kind of let it get past. You you just kind of get past that. You let yeah. yourself get past it. Because I guess, in fairness, what you could say is, well, how do such and such fan base feel about winning one in football or how does you know well, I mean, or you basketball can, or something like that where where you maybe feel like that players cheated that yeah, the or sh- cheated guys or, were using steroids or yeah, whatever that right. you just say okay well we we cheated in this way but other teams have cheated in other ways yeah 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 i, I think just, michigan still likes hearing the fab five calls yeah no 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 doubt no and and, and that's that's certainly one you certainly <laughs> That's a, that's a little bit, that feels a little bit different to me because it was taken away from them. Astros World Series was not taken away from them. Yeah. Right. Same Except with, that we all know in sports that's the stupidest thing we can do because we all know who won the World Series that year. We all know what the Fab Five didn't do in the finals. <coughs> I mean, in the NCAA National Championship. I mean, they, made, they, didn't win made one. they made it to the Final Four. They well, yeah, well two, okay, yeah. And first, Michigan but they were never there. won one. Right. No, but just got we know the they got four. to the final four. We, we know that away. they got there. We know what those guys did on the court, taking mm-hmm. the memory. They don't. They can't take the memory out of our brain. Yeah, we know they called timeouts that they didn't have yeah. to take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least We're one. probably more embarrassed by that. Sorry about you, right? We're more embarrassed by the fact yeah. that none of them can get along. <laughs> uh, or more embarrassed that one of their key players is now the coach and he tried to fight people yes. last year in the middle of the game. See, those I are mean, things they should be embarrassed about. Those are things. Right. Uh, Tyler says, this flags fly forever. I will always enjoy the highlights. Okay. I, yeah. I get it. No, I, I understand. I just... If I was I get, an Astro fan, that's why I'd be. Yeah. Again, I, I, it, just, it just struck me as I was listening uh, to that broadcast uh, on 100.7 The Score. It's like, huh, I wonder... I just said to myself, I wonder how Astros fans feel about that. So now, now I know. Uh, this Astros won more games on the road that playoff year. Okay. There's no uh, doubt they were a great team. There, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt. Um, so we'll have uh, Rangers on the air tonight um, at 530. 
as uh, they'll take on the Red Sox on 100.7 the score this evening. So if you uh, want a little baseball, you can get that. I'm more interested to see how Major League Baseball writers are going to treat them when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Then, Because I, I, I've moved past your question because I think, like, like Tyler said, flags fly forever. They didn't take it away from them. They're the champs. Okay. okay. All right. But how are the guys in that era going to be thought of when it comes to Hall of Fame kind of stuff, right? I mean, the Correas and Altuves and, mm-hmm. and Bregman and Springer. I mean, it's those are the start, ones that were popping those, into my mind, right? Those, those are the guys that are worthy of being Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. right? Two of them have admitted and two of them have not. And two of them were very cocky and, you know, just didn't take any show any sort of remorse you can kind of almost compare the yeah. clemens and bonds yeah. and andy pettit situation with with that now sure. I'm, not, I'm not sitting here saying yeah. pettit maybe pettit becomes a hall of famer at some point in time i don't know if he has enough wins yeah i don't know either but that, that's a good point but i, I think that uh it, it's just our society seems to <coughs> accept that i mean as much as we all want to point out people's flaws we accept it when you admit it yeah we, we okay. He messed up. We move on. Okay, and I think that Bregman and uh, Springer are going to be treated better than Correa and Altuve yeah. when it comes to that. I, I the baseball writers we know they're a bunch of buffoons, and uh, they uh, feel like this is their chance to get you know this uh, higher power that they long for so much, and it's ridiculous, but. I don't know how – I just feel like that's going to hurt Altuve and Correa. Meanwhile, Justin Verlander probably already was a Hall of Famer without that 2017 season, but certainly helped him. Big plays and even bigger laughs. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is the first day of September 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire. I'm going to start us off in 1906 because the Philadelphia's beat the Red Sox 4-1 to in 24 innings in Boston. It's the longest game in the American League baseball history. Both starters went the distance as the A's hurler Jack Combs overcomes Boston's Joe Harris. Wow. 24 innings. That's a lot of baseball. 1931, future baseball Hall of Fame first baseman Lou Gehrig hits his third grand slam in four days and sixth homer in consecutive games in New York's 5-1 win over the Boston Red Sox. 1967, Cincinnati's reliever Bob Lee walks Dick Grote with the bases loaded in the 21st inning to give the Giants a one to nothing win at Crosby Field. 20 scoreless innings ties the Major League Baseball mark with the Pirates and the Braves from 1918. Goodness. Bases loaded walk-off extra inning win in the 21st inning. Dick Grote, College Baseball Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Cool. 1971, Pittsburgh Pirates start what is believed to be the very first all-black lineup, including several Latinos, in Major League Baseball history Hmm. in a 10-7 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. Hall of Famers Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell were members of that team. 
Manny Sanguian. I wonder if Doc Ellis started that game as the pitcher. I do have the whole game for that roster. 1972. Uh, 1971, excuse me. Yeah. 1972, if I were to say chess champion, who do you think of? Bobby Fischer. That's the only name I can think of as well, and this is the day that the American Chess Grandmaster Bobby Fischer beats Russian champion Boris Spatsky 12.5 to 8.5, no idea what that means, in Reykjavik, Iceland. It is the most publicized world title match ever played. It's Fischer's first American. He's the first American to win the title. It's it's crazy because I, I remember that craze over Bobby Fischer. He was young, and he was up against the Russian, and... You know, of course, you know, in, in those days, you know, you had the Cold War and you had, the, sure. you know, the Ruskies and the and the Red Phone and the just the, you know, just the, dun, 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 you know, just you think of the, the Russian. Imperial March? No, you just think of the Russian tanks going through the, the in the Kremlin. And to the Imperial the, March. I usually normally think of it from the Russian anthem. Anyway. <laughs> so Darth, I, I, was not that Darth Vader uh-huh. song? Yeah, that's why I'm a little shocked that that's the one Chuck pulled. Well, it works, though. I mean, Darth Vader, I mean, if he was going to be, you know, working for some country, it would be Russia. Yeah. The thought that's going to fester. I'm with I think Chuck. there's somebody worse. But you can't, okay. That's the thought that's going to fester. I think it fits. I think it fits. Uh, 1975, New York Met pitcher Tom Seaver shuts out the Pittsburgh Pirates 3 to nothing. First to reach 200 strikeouts for a Major League Baseball record eighth straight season. In 1984, Willie Totten from Mississippi Valley State passes for a Division I AA record of 536 yards, nine touchdowns, in an 86 to nothing win over Kentucky State. Wow. Whoa. He was probably helped a little bit by his wide receiver, Jerry Rice, who caught 17 passes for 294 yards and five scores, breaking his own Division I AA record for total yardage and pass receptions. When when you said Mississippi Valley State, much like when you said uh, chess champion, I immediately thought of Jerry Rice. So, like, okay, how many balls did Jerry Rice catch? (laughs) 1999, ex-Pittsburgh Penguins star Mario Lemieux is approved as the new owner of the struggling franchise, the Penguins become the very first club in pro sports history to be owned by a former member of their team. And in 2006, this is when you guys are about to start booing, Roger Goodell begins his tenure as NFL commissioner. Watching the NFL draft anytime, Roger. I get, it, it, that wears me out. Like, if he's done something today, I'm in booing him. It just wears me out. We're just booing for the sake of booing. Yeah. Um, It is beginning of the month, which means it's National Chicken, Honey, Mushroom, Papaya, Potato, and Rice Month. I think I'm out on the mushrooms and the papaya. I like papaya. Me too. It's not my favorite. I'll, I'll pass on both those. And I'm 99% sure this is how you say it. It's one of those words I know. I know what it is. It's National Euro Day. Euro? Yeah, Euro is right. G-Y-R-O. Oh, gyro. I don't think it's gyro. I think it's Euro. I think it's gyro. I think it's Euro. G-Y-R-O. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sandwich? Kind of. It's a Greek sandwich. Yeah, it's Greek. It's a gyro. Okay. Yeah. I, I I hear people say it both ways. Do I don't okay. know if they're joking when they say gyro or 
or whatever because it doesn't look like gyro, mm-hmm. but you hear a lot of people say it that way, so I have no idea. I have had one. They are delicious, yeah. but I don't – I always get the word wrong. And I would love to tell you whose birthday it is today. However, I just really feel like um, somebody else can do this just a whole lot better. Third down. Here's a deal where uh, that last timeout gets used by Tech if they can hold him the first down here. Pulling. Intercepted. Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Touchdown. OG is flirting with danger. 49 today for the former former Texas Tech linebacker. Uh, Dr. Phil, 72. Gloria Estefan, 65. Barry Gibbs, 76. Lily Tomlin, 83. Tim Hardaway, 56. Jason Taylor, 48. And Clinton Portis is 41. And on this day in 1985, 73 years after it sank in the North Atlantic to the North Atlantic floor, a joint U.S.-French expedition locates the wreck of the RMS Titanic. The second liner was about 400 miles southeast of Newfoundland in the North Atlantic, some 13,000 feet below the surface. And we were all paying attention to that when Robert Ballard then later found the Bismarck. And that... Is this day in sports history? Okay, uh, let's see here. This help from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, which I knew that we could count on that. The word comes from the Greek word for spin, a fact confirmed by staff at Greek Town Restaurant Athena. Gyro, right? Am I saying that right? Gyro would apply to a single sandwich, as in I want a gyro, while gyros would be the correct pronunciation if you were to say, I love euros, Greek experts said. Okay. I don't know that I've got it figured out still. <laughs> I know what they are. They are delicious. Yeah. I don't know how to say I feel like every time I hear someone say gyro, they're just kind of joking around because yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I'm, I'm. I am not a Greek food expert, Me neither. so I am far from being the guy to ask on that one. Uh, I'm really not a food expert of any kind. Uh, Guns Up Girl, who's in Georgia this morning, and man, we have not heard from her in quite some time. She says the word comes from the Greek word for spin. Blah, 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 blah. She gives the same deal. Euro would apply for a single sandwich. Okay. Well, I trust Guns Up Girl. Uh... Greek experts said July 23rd, 2018, according to this, I love gyros. Uh, typical ingredients, lamb and mutton. Ugh. What? I'm, I'm out on both of that. You out on the lamb and the mutton? I don't know that I've ever had either, yeah. but I'm probably not going <laughs> to make an effort to eat, try it either. I, I, I can tell you this. I was right about uh, 1971, the Pirates, when they had their... Who the starting pitcher was? Yeah, Doc Ellis. Um, and Manny Sanguian was the catcher. Um, and uh, Al Oliver was over at first base. So, I mean, they, they won a World Series, and those are all, for me, uh, eight of the nine names are very familiar. Uh, the only one that didn't stand out to me was Gene Kleins, who was in center field, but I think he was a terrific player. I just, when you have Rennie Stennett, Roberto Clemente, Willie Sturgill, Manny Sanguian, Dave Cash. See how a guy might get forgotten. Yeah, Jackie Hernandez, who was the shortstop, and then Doc Ellis, who was the pitcher, who was a terrific pitcher, said. Anyway, 
So that's uh, this day in sports history. 655, we'll talk uh, Red Raider football. As uh, the Red Raiders get ready for the racers of Murray State. Hopefully they're not racing around too much. Hopefully they're racing to get out of town if they've got their butt whooped. How about that? Be nice. Yeah. We look forward to that on Saturday night. Our optimum game day live coverage begins at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank to participate. Benchmark hotline is open as well at 806 771 High school football tonight in the city. It's uh, Monterey and Wiley over at uh, Lowry Stadium. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight, weather permitting. We'll have uh, Red Raider football with Joey McGuire tonight. Uh, no need to worry about the weather. The only thing we need to worry about is can Coach McGuire, uh, you know, get in a boat and find his way to his radio show, which I think he's, I think he's fine. I, I think it would keep an awful lot. It, we'd have to have an awful lot of rain to keep Joey McGuire from anywhere. I think he'd swim through it okay. to be able to get to talk to people and uh, shake hands and kiss babies and things along those lines. Well, I don't think it's supposed to rain today, so I think the uh, I, I don't think it's supposed to rain much. I should say. Yeah. So I think he'll be fine. I don't. I, don't, I think the water will dry up as the day goes along. Okay, man. It was. Uh, it was I got to drive through some lakes on my way home yesterday. Man, it was dicey. There were some dicey moments yesterday. You got to be careful. Because uh, some of these, you know, yeah. low-lying, you know, intersections. I don't see any rain in can, the... Uh, can drown you out. Forecast for the rest of the day. Okay, great. great. Say. Uh, this fire sprinkler guy thinks Chuck should rewrite science for the meteorologist. Okay. Uh, Raider's dad says this. I would have been on Team Chuck on this lightning issue until two weeks ago when lightning struck my front yard while we were watching out the window and saw the damage it did. What did it do? I'm team, I'll wait for the lightning to pass now. Okay. 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 Bullfighter says, Joey Mack walks on water, Chuck. Yeah. (laughs) It's the damnedest thing. Guy hasn't coached a game yet, and he does. He walks on water. It's almost like, and you made a great point the other day, Jamie, when you said, there's a part of me that's like, let's just have some more preseason because it's going so well right now for everybody. Everybody's just on the same page. We haven't had a controversial call yet or a close game or a disappointing loss or anything anything yet it's been all just nothing but you know pinwheels and unicorns i think we as sports fans we tend to uh we build people up pretty quickly you know and tear them down down just the same so it's uh just kind of a vicious cycle yeah no doubt Mm -hmm. you know i was thinking about something during the break Last year, I, I, I don't know, I, I think we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the running back situation and Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks. Part of it was due to health. <clears throat> Part of it might have been how we perceived how the offense was going to be and that you felt like, man, you really, you really got to have them. I think the other thing, too, was the opening game last week against Houston based on how the previous season had gone and... You know, there was, I think there was a lot of pressure on that football team last year to win that first game. Not that they were going to fire the coach after one game, 
But that was certainly a game that was, I think, circled by like, okay, you got to win that game. You know, you got to show because we, we were looking for progress. You were you were looking for indications of have we hired the right guy. You weren't saying that we didn't hire the right guy. You were just looking for an indication of do we do we have do we have the right people in place here? Yeah, I think by that last year, I think people definitely already had an opinion. Yeah, that we had hired the wrong guy. Yeah, but isn't it interesting though? Didn't we spend? Did, isn't it my? Am I right on that? Didn't we spend a lot of time talking about Sir Roderick and Taj, and we haven't spent that much time talking about them? I think in the weeks leading up to this game. Yeah, known commodities. Yeah. Know what to expect. They've been here a long time. Confidence in both of them. Yeah. Um, you also know that both of them are going to play a bunch. So it's uh, it's not like it's one or the other, right? Cause like it, with the quarterbacks, right? You know, the, it's listed on the on the depth chart. So Roderick's listed first, and then and then there's a or Taj Brooks. So um, no Cameron Valdez for this game. He's out for a couple of weeks. Might be back for uh, North Carolina State. Has uh, dinged up a knee. So um, that's maybe the. One thing you'd like to see just a little bit more of, but we'll see. Um, so I'll be I'll be curious to see how much uh, how much running they do or passing out of the out of the backfield. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, Loic Fungi Fungi can can really be a downfield threat for you and presumably healthy. I mean, he's been practicing; he's fine. Uh, can you know? Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He's he's a big target at six four. So I mean, he's got really good hands, and uh, has been a highly anticipated player uh, for this football team. Just hasn't been able to to do it yet, consistently. You know, because of injuries. Sure. So mm-hmm. kind of look looking at that, and then of course, uh, people look at you know Miles Price, and then I'll be interested to see what um, Xavier White does as well. I mean, you get the ball in his hands; he's got explosive speed. You know, so sure about getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Getting the ball in his oh, hands. He's definitely shown you that already. Yeah, without without a doubt. So that's kind of what we have to to look forward to um, on Saturday. I think it should be fun. Um, so that's I think <clears throat> just with everything that they've got planned, you know, from you know the beginning of uh, of the tailgating to kickoff and hopefully the game itself. Somebody says this with regard to uh, the Saturday. Let's see what happens after the post-game show on Saturday. Yeah. I'm hoping it should be a pretty spirited post-game show. Oh, I think it'll be great. I don't know. Let's, let's hope we're not <coughs> frustrated with a bunch of stuff, but I think, I think you're, you're, you're going to see a team that's really excited to play, and I think they're going to be really excited um, just for you know the momentum that this program has built over the last few months, it's just hard to imagine them coming out and not being really fired up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're I think that's a really good point because that ball of twine that's now rolled up into the world's largest ball of twine is uh, is rolling down the hill and it just cannot be stopped. Okay. Okay. You ever mm-hmm. notice that, you know, when you, you see something and you kinda it just kinda picks up momentum, picks up momentum, it's a big huge rolling ball of something. And it just steams over, well, steams over people. Feels like this thing is steaming. 
yeah. big time and rolling and picking up. But, <laughs> I mean, a loss will stop it. Yes. It'll go we'll just, from... Like, explode. Yeah. Right? It'll just suddenly just be ex- nothing. You know what the solution is? Just don't lose. Just win them all. We can do that. We're allowed. It's not against the rules. Uh, somebody asked this, what's y'all's estimated crowd attendance for Saturday? Butts mm. and seats, not tickets sold. That's a good question. I... I um, Ran into a guy of knowledge in the parking lot the other day. He was off to lunch, and we just said hi. And I said, hey, how's it? What's it look like? And he said, he said it's almost sold out. I'm going to say 60. Yeah. Now, how many will be there in the fourth quarter? That's. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be devastated if it's because you're blowing somebody up. Right. Yeah. That's not going to disappoint me that much. Yeah. People are. Saying, okay, well, I've seen what I needed to see. Mm-hmm. Now I'm headed to wherever I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, parking lot or post game or, or things along those lines. So, 724 this morning here on the morning drive. Well, Red Raider 2 goes saying, I'm saying that will be the first time that people will be critical. I'm sure somebody will find something to be critical about on the, on the, uh, on the post game show, without question. That's been my experience been my experience that even with wins there have been you know critiques yeah sure even if uh, a team plays really really well a head coach is always going to have things that they you know kind of keep his team grounded that they could have done better sure. and that they need to improve on mm-hmm. so i think it's fair that the fan base is the same way right even mm-hmm. if you win you're like yeah but you know, we gave up too many points. Or we, Stupid we sh- penalties. Yeah, or... we still never didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. So there's still things that you're wanting to get Should've better at. Put them away. So, can't, can't win big enough. So even know. if we win handily, I think you're still going to be like, yeah, but. Yeah, but. What will be the yeah, yeah but? Will, I, the, will the yeah, but be the well, quarterback ran for over 100 yards and you're concerned about your ability to chase him down? Will the yeah, but be, you know, we couldn't. In between the tackles, we couldn't get any penetration, and still, as a result... Still couldn't run the football in short-yarded situations, right. or weren't good in the red zone, or uh, missed two chip-shot field goals, or... Yeah, what's the, what's the yeah, but? That's really, that's really good. What's the yeah, but? 725, Jamie's got a question of the day that's next. I don't know that you can use the yeah, but, but uh, Jamie will throw one at us. You, me, and Jeff. That's uh, next year this morning on The Morning Drive. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. You basically get one question a day uh, here, officially. You can have as many questions as you want of us. But this one is uh, directed at Jeff and I and our fine listening audience. Okay, today's question... Surrounds the Red Raider football team. Which position group do you think will perform better than most people think? Maybe they're being overlooked. Maybe they're being questioned. Maybe people are worried about them. But which position group do you think will be better than most people expect? Well, I think it'd be um, almost... uh It'd be easy to say, oh, offensive line, but I'm not going to say that because I'm concerned about that. Uh, Why would it be easy? Because I think that's 
kind of a target. I mean, they have the most potential to improve yeah. on expectations. <laughs> um, because they have the lowest expectations. Yeah. They have the most potential to improve. Well, that can How's be your thinking? answer. I, I'm going to say the linebackers. I'm going to say, you know, what you've what you've kind of done at uh, at linebacker with, you know, Josiah Pierre, um, you know, having Krishan Merriweather back for a senior year, Kosai Eldridge, um, the. You know the backups that you have—the guy on the edge with uh, Tyree Wilson and uh, Joseph Adarai—is that right? I still think it's really odd that Tyree Wilson is listed as a linebacker. Yeah, they have him him listed as an edge, right? I mean, he plays inside at times, doesn't he? Yeah, on the defensive line. Yeah. How in the world? I mean, but I guess that speaks to his versatility. So, you know, that he can, you know, stand up and still make plays for you, but also get down there in the in the in the trenches and the warfare down there and still make big plays. What do you think, Jeff? Because there's enough people out there that think that we're going to be making a change at this position <coughs> at oh. some point in the season. Oh. I don't think that's the case. I I think we might have to have a second quarterback out there, but it won't be for performance. I think it's quarterback that you're going to see some of the best quarterbacking you've seen from that group this year that you've seen in a while. I think that's fair as far as you'll see better quarterback play than we've seen in recent years. And but the um, expectation we're not think like I'm not predicting Graham Harrell numbers or no, Patrick no, no, Mahomes numbers, it. but. Sunny Cumbie numbers, uh, like for the feeling of the Cumbie year, I could see that absolutely happening this year, and that's not what's expected right now. Yeah, I don't think I would go with your answer just because I have high expectations for the quarterbacks, especially in, in Zach Hetley's offense. I, I think you're going to see quarterbacks put up big numbers. Um, my, but that's just again, that's about where your expectations are. Excuse me. Listen. Where your expectations are with them compared to the offensive line, that you're much lower. I'm going to go with the wide receivers. Uh, I think that we have a lot of guys that have been waiting their turn and guys that are going to get their chance to shine this year. And in this offense, I think you'll see them get the ball in their hands a bunch. And uh, I think by the end of the year, we'll be talking about, well, here it was again, another year of plug and play with you recruit some good receivers. They come in, they wait their turn, and, and then they're making plays for you. And and again, in this offense, they're going to get their opportunity. That, I think that's a good answer. I mean, especially when you kind of look at the guys that are that are there, whether it's Price or White or Loic Fungi or uh, Brady Boyd. Um, you also have, you know, the, the tight end group, whether it's Henry Teeter or Mason Tharp or Baylor Cup. Um, all, all those guys, uh, highly capable of, of catching the ball, if you want to include the tight ends in your wide receiver group, sure, sure. You know, um, you know, I I, I understand that. Um, so I, I think I I think Jeff makes an interesting point because I do think if you stopped a thousand cars out here at Fourth uh, and Avenue Q or wherever Sixth and O, said, do you expect Tyler Shuck to start all twelve games? I think. I think people would say no. And it could be... Could I would be, agree. Could I would be agree. injury. It could be performance. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, just in recent years, injuries has caused you to not sure. get the same guy. Sure, every game. Sure. But then, after hearing what Coach Kintley said on Monday, where made it sound like there really wasn't much of a competition, or that it was clearly obvious to the point where they didn't even really have a meeting. Uh, I'm sure they discussed it. I'm sure that that. I'm sure that all those position groups are discussed in terms of how each player is playing. You know, whether it's with the offensive coordinator and his, you know, position groups, line, you know, offensive line or running backs or wide receivers, and you know, head coach is ultimately you know responsible for who's trotting out there, um, but probably is relying upon his respective coordinators, whether it's special teams, defense, or offense, but. I do think the expectation is is that people look at this quarterback group and go, well, I mean, it looks to us like all three of these guys are equal, but maybe it looks to them like one is way, way better than the others. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what they've been made out to be, you know. Um, and who knows, once you get into the, to the meteor schedule, like especially Houston, and then it ramps up real quickly with North Carolina State and uh, Texas. Yeah, and you were kind of worried about the whole, if you have three, you don't have one, when they were saying everybody's performing well and they're battling it out. But after you hear Coach Kitley say, oh, no, one was clearly better than the others. Even the managers This was a no-brainer. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that makes you feel like, oh, okay, we didn't have three. We just had one. We had one, right. (laughs) And we feel like the other two are capable, but they're still still learning the process. And, you know, I mean – on one hand, the quarterback's the most important position on the field, right? Would you agree with that? Sure. And then would you say, too, that it's the most complicated position on the field? Oh, I would guess so, yeah. Yeah, because you got to know where everybody's going to be. Never played a high level of football, but, yeah, I would think that. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've got to have some wits about you in addition to arm strength and skill, escapability, you know, unflappability, you know, all those all those things uh, that, that come with it. You've got the tangibles and the intangibles. And my guess is the intangibles to a, to a degree are stuff. Sometimes it's just stuff that you either develop or you have, you just have it. And then the tangibles are things that you can somewhat control in terms of your ability to, you know, have a grasp of the offense or, you know, the plays or, you know, just the, the pure ability, you know, to throw the football uh, down the field. So, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Austin asked this question off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. What's our expected pass ratio? <sighs> um, I don't think we know that. I mean, Coach Kitley was pretty uh, um, emphatic that we're going to run the football and that the, the game will dictate, you know, what your ability is to do that. But if you had to guess, would you say 75-25? No, I don't think I'd go that far. I think mm, 70-30. Okay. So I'm not too far away from you. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're giving you... Maybe 65-35, something like that, maybe. Maybe two out of every three. Okay. So, But, I mean, if you, if for whatever reason you're able to run the football, I think you're going to run the football because that moves the clock. And then that opens up the passing, maybe opens up the... The passing game over the middle, or opens up the passing game downfield. Um, These are all things that the previous coaches t- knew too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, a- ab- absolutely. 
No, no, no doubt about <laughs> it. This is not new. No. Yet we still choose to throw it a lot. That's yeah. kind of what we've done here, yeah. right? Well, I don't think it's as much about me personally over over the years. I don't think it's been as much about, um, you know, I want to pass more than I want to run. It's not having confidence in your offensive line. It's it's easier to pass block than it is run block. Yeah. And so you had offensive lines where you could handle passing more. I mean, I think every one of these coaches would have run the ball more if your offensive line was better. Yeah. If you could manhandle people up front and create running lanes. So you weren't able to do that. I mean, go all the way back to Leach. He, I would think he would have ran the ball more if our offensive lines were better. And Leach had some good offensive lines. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Got uh, two sleeps left for uh, Texas Tech football tonight, tomorrow night. Then it's uh, game on, game day on Saturday. You'll hear it right here on Double T 97.3. With Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studio. Look forward to your thoughts, comments, the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Benchmark Hotline is open as well, 806-771-0973. All right, let me set the deck for you for today. Tech Talk is uh, on location today at Twin Peaks. They'll be there from 3 until 6, so go by and uh, visit with Aaron Dickens and Mike Gustafson today, or just sit and enjoy and maybe have a cold brew and an appetizer or a burger or something along those lines uh, while you sit and enjoy uh, Tech Talk uh, this afternoon. You know, if you're one of those ones that... Uh, Works for a living and uh, works outside, and you're like, ah, it's just too wet. It's just too wet to work today. You know, or you get your job done early, you want to go over there, whether you're, uh, if you've got lawyering to do or doctoring to do or just got a regular J-O-B, you get done a little bit early, head over to Twin Peaks this afternoon. Does that sound good to you? Uh, yeah, have fun. Have fun. Okay. Yeah, get, get out of the rain. Get out of the rain, right. Or, or the, the sun or whatever. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Red Rider football tonight with Joey McGuire, his inaugural show. Uh, it'll be at uh, 6 o'clock. I bet you he's just like, Saturday can't get here fast enough. You know, you've had all these things that have taken place, and the fact that he hasn't been a coach in a game since November. Because remember, he left a team during the season in Baylor to take the head coaching job and wasn't involved in any of the practices because he officed over on the east side, away from the football team and that and the previous staff, while putting his staff together, um, got to experience the bowl game, but didn't coach it. I mean, he was there, but he didn't coach it. Sure. And uh, got to coach the spring, and obviously, you know, over the summer and now the fall camp. But in terms of a game, it's been last November, so probably itching to go. Okay. Gotta believe so. Gotta gotta believe so. Uh, we'll have uh, Big Ten football on the air tonight for you after Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. That'll be at seven, featuring Penn State and Pittsburgh, or Penn State and Purdue, I should say. Uh, that's uh, tonight at seven after Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. There are some top twenty-five games tonight. Central Michigan goes to number twelve Oklahoma State. You think Okie State wins this game handily? Yes. Yeah. You think part of that, even though that many of those players weren't involved in that game, but the head coach was and fans. I think 
think has nothing to nothing do with to do that with game okay. right. from a few okay. years ago. In the, okay. How many years ago? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say five. Okay, and you think these Oklahoma State players are motivated by that? No, I think... Uh, I, I mean, their uh, fans probably want to beat the... Bejeekers out of right, uh, right, right, out of Central Michigan, but 2016. I mean, so it was six years ago. God, these kids don't even know it existed. These no, you're kids, right. These kids are, I mean, much more interested in how many likes they got on their last post on Twitter. Yeah. They have no, you know, we're gonna win this one for the <laughs> class of 2016. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. Fan base remembers, yes, 100, yes. yeah. percent and they want to beat Central Michigan and rub their nose in it. Sure. Yeah. So, if, but, like, if, but I don't think any of these players are upset about no, I it. I think you're. I, you know, you're. You're right. Uh, Jamez uh, Kimbrough, a center for Central Michigan, was asked about uh, the upset, and uh, basically, he's he's he made mention of the fact of uh, it's not something that you. Of course, it's out there. The media talks about it. it's not something you could just act like you don't see, but we don't focus on that stuff. Okay. Um, he was the center for Oklahoma State. No, no, he's the center for Central Michigan uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Rush, though, was the guy that connected on the yeah. Hail Mary, mm-hmm. plus a lateral and a run, and Central on, Michigan had on a play that should not have happened. On a play that should not have controversial. Um, well, just we're <laughs> wrong call by the yeah. official. Yeah, on an intentional grounding that was called on Oklahoma State on fourth down. Um, so they won central Michigan did 30 to 27. It's just like if North Texas came here, we'd be talking about 1999 and 1988. We would. And the fan base would. Yes. And the head coach would be like, okay, I was in high school, you know, yeah. in 1988 or but not 1999, the, not the players, but not the players, not yeah. the players. Yeah. Not the players. And when I mean in high school, Joey McGuire's uh, 10 years younger than me. So probably graduated from high school in 89. So he was probably in high, literally in high school in 1988 when North Texas beat Spike here. And in 99, he was probably coaching high school somewhere when North Texas came here and beat Spike here. And that's 23 years ago. How many times did North Texas come here and win? Twice. 88 and 99. Crazy, huh? Yeah. And... And dang near beat us with Mike Leach. I thought they beat us when I was going to school. Um, well, 99. You yeah, were, I, was you out, were, I was out of school. You were out of school in 99. Mm-hmm. I just, that's one of those games you just don't forget. Man, don't forget how know. angry you were. After no, no, you're right, Chuck. You're right, Chuck. They almost beat us when I was in school. That was the game where... One of, Kevin uh, they, Curtis. They had a guy go and look like he was going to score, and Curtis wrapped, reached around and knocked the ball away. Yeah. Yeah, and we barely held on to win. Yep, you're right. We didn't lose to him. And, it, and, and not, yeah. only, not only did he knock the ball away after the ball was completed and he's going down the east sideline where it looked like he was going to score, mm-hmm. but the, the ball takes a fortuitous bounce Stays and Curtis is able to yep. get it. And it's yep. and awesome play by Kevin. Yeah. Uh, awesome play because yep. if the ball goes out of bounds, then – it's still their ball. It's still their ball. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's still their ball. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. That was one of those deals where it. And, but it, and but you it know was. What? It was one of those. <laughs> I'm clearly I was wrong. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but it was one of those days where you won and it still felt like you lost. <laughs> oh 
Oh, yeah. Because it took a miracle to beat North Texas. And you're going to say, when, when I say this, you're going to say I'm crazy, but if you lose that game like like others had lost, because people weren't exactly just, they weren't in love with Mike Leach yet. I, I want to say that was, I don't know what year that was, if it was Well, the, the year I'm talking about was was still Coach Dykes. 99 was Coach Dykes. Yeah. Leach was the one that was the coach uh, on the Kevin Curtis play. I got to get the. I'm looking for my year by year here, um, but yeah, Leach was the Leach was the coach for that game, and uh, you were lucky to. Like I said you were lucky to win, but if if they'd have lost that game, there'd been people that would have been ready to run him out of town because it wasn't exactly going swimmingly. Year by year, here we go. I think that was. I think it was 01. Uh, let's see here, Texas Tech versus North Texas. No, in 01 we beat them handily. It was uh, 2000. It was his first year. Uh, 13 to seven, uh, Texas Tech wins at home in front of 36,925. The third, third of four games against Patsies. You'd beaten New Mexico. Utah State quarterback by Matt Wells, and then uh, North Texas. What are, you, what, are you, what are you laughing at? No, I'm not laughing at anything. Okay. You're good. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.